Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Uh, tonight, Paul and I are going to get you a little intro. And on to our guest, Paul. What's up, What's up, man? man? What have you been up to? Uh, dude, just turkey hunting, just working for turkeys, mowing my grass, did that a couple times. Man, just living the good life. I did, sh- and, and and we'll pull, maybe, maybe you can pull the video for this. I shaved, I shaved my beard. Uh, I've got, dude, the thickest, brushiest mustache, really, mustache I've ever had in my life. We, we really don't. Need my a wife video. and daughters have never seen me without a beard. They were like, "This is this is horrendous." Stop it. We don't need the video. What we need is that Island Paul, Disco Paul shirt uh, picture from the other day. Oh yeah, you know what? You can you can use that. Feel free to use that as the. Uh, <laughs> the the image for this <laughs> I can get a lot, get get a lot of podcast. clicks I guarantee you that <laughs> oh man I had I've I had I've had a lot of fun with this uh with this look it's it's um it drives my wife nuts every female in my life hates it that's funny every one of my friends guy friends that sees it or my son they're all like hell yeah so yeah oh, man. it's a good time <laughs> I can't we can't even say the name that the uh, some of our buddies down south gave you. Um, yeah, that would be inappropriate, but, uh, it looks great, man. And happy to hear it. How was, uh, you were out in the woods hunting turkeys this week, right? With Mason. Yeah. I've been out with my son trying to get him a turkey. Uh, you know, man, it was just, it's one of those. And, and, and I have like a different perspective this year because I've seen a lot of turkeys die and I've killed a couple turkeys. It's been a lot of fun. I've got more opportunity out of state. So like this year is kind of cool. You know, this, this last hunt, it was cool for me. The turkeys were gobbling, like, you know, everywhere. And they're just like, at one point, I, you know, and, and I think I gave it the kiss of the death because I'm like, done deal. Dude. I'm like, looking at my watch. I'm like, this turkey's going to be dead by 7.15. Done. Uh, and, and they hit the ground. We never, never heard them gobble after that. It was pretty, pretty, pretty pissy. But it was still cool. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good hunt. But my son was just, he was beside himself. He was just like, this is bull crap. Those turkeys need to die. Dude, they were just gobbling so hard on the limb, man. We had a couple of them, and dude, they hit the ground and just went. I don't know where they went. We spooked a couple of hens. I got up to pee, you know, two hens. I mean, right behind me, right behind me. Not, not, not twenty five yards, and like they didn't see me at first, and so I'm there. I'm literally peeing, and these hens turn around and they look at me. I'm looking at them. I got my face mask like just below my nose, and I'm like, oh my god, they're right there. I'm paying. My son's like, are those turkeys? I'm like, yeah, there's two hands looking at me. And I'm like still paying while this is going on. And I'm trying not to laugh because it's really funny. And they were just, dude, just darts, man. Just freaking looking into my soul, Andrew. And I finished paying. And 
they just slowly like turned around and started feeding off. I'm like, no freaking way. Like, there's no way that I just feed you were, in they, front of these turns. They never, they never spooked. They weren't impressed, Paul. They were not impressed. No, they weren't. They're, no, they, <laughs> they were not impressed with me. Uh, but they just, they walked right out of my life. So uh, I should have put a, uh, a post about that on go wild, time to go wild.com and Andrew download the app on Android or Apple. I just want to say Android or iPhone, but it's Apple. And then, I don't know. Anyway, you guys know what I'm talking about. Find us on there. O2 Podcast. Ton of stuff. If you Turkey season pretty much over with, right? Not very much time left. Uh, if you're getting into land management here for your whitetail property, they got some of that stuff. All sorts of stuff for the angler, fly angler, bass angler, catfishing, whatever you want to do uh, in this fine state uh, in, with a rod and reel. You can get that uh, on Go Wild. Get Ditch Pickle. Set, which is a real nice kit uh, of bass fishing paraphernalia. So time to go out.com social media, find us on there. O2 podcast, find me on there. Paul Campbell. What a place. Good what stuff, place. man. Lots of turkeys dying on there. Uh, Lots of turkeys dying on there. Shout out to our, and, our you know, buddy B hall, Mr. Brian hall, taking down a bird over the weekend. Uh, but there was a lot, a lot of people on go wild posting their trophies. So congratulations to everybody. Turkeys are dying. Yep. Yep. And then also you can find all sorts of if you wanna if you want to pull this video, Andrew, half rack, half dash rack.com. We got these hunter hangers. I'm gonna buy that. I think I'm gonna put my bear archery bow right behind me. I'm gonna take that middle turkey fan down down and I'm gonna put my bow right there so that we're staring at it, uh getting ready for archery season here in this great state. Uh if you are a deer hunter and half dash rack, they got a ton of products for the deer hunter, for the angler. Just for the hunter, for the land manager uh, here in the states, some really cool stuff. Meat lugs coming up. Hunter hanger. They got three pack and a ten pack, right? Or two pack and a ten pack. Something Where's like my that. bag? Yeah, two and a ten, I believe. So have, uh, Ohio, it's Ohio Outdoors fifteen save you fifteen percent on there. So uh, let's see. Good savings. Where are we at? Midwest, uh, Midwest Gunworks. Gunworks. Man, mm, love that place. And so you you got you picked up a gun. You picked up an AR-10 from from our boys over there yeah. from Cameron. That thing's that thing's pretty slick, it's man. Sick. And now it's become this this idea of calling coyotes in uh, is it's becoming a sick obsession. Thanks to our friends out in Missouri who've really gotten me intrigued by it. Uh, I guess I haven't talked about that. When did I go out? Was that? Earlier this God, week, it's in a month ago, week? yeah, mid, mid April, something like that, early April. No, but like, was out. I went out last week to try to call some. Oh in. yeah, it was right after all that rain it stopped, and uh, I actually did get a couple, a uh, couple dogs come coyotes. Sorry to come in. I gotta quit saying that. A couple coyotes come in, and they were off to my side. I don't even know if I've talked about this, Paul. Uh, I could see them, and I was recording them. But they were they were working downwind to me, so they were trying to like kind of J hook behind me to catch my win, and uh, at that point, basically, there was not there was not a safe shot at that. You know, they're working into areas where roads, and homes. homes, and stuff like that. Oh, so yeah. it was neat to get out there and watch them on my X Vision optics uh, thermal scope. Tag that in, throw that in. Thanks for your support of the yes. show, X Vision. Thank you very much, uh, XVisionOptics.com. But also, I think I put this on Instagram and go wild. But the I'm the worst at social media. Apologize. That Bobcat man, that stinking Bobcat, just it was huge. Looked like a little bear. Yeah, and he was close, and that thing was probably within a hundred yards. 
the be- biggest one I've seen out there, and folks, we're outside of central Ohio. This is still new to me. But every time I see him, it's just amazing. And the funny part is, like, he was walking down this ditch line, uh, you know, like where the, the fields kind of, you know, have ditch. And I lost him behind this hill. And he did not care. I think at that point I was hitting, like, female interrogation howl or something. It was a coyote call. And he did not care about that at all. And then when I lost track of him, I started, like, I don't know, like, the next in my little repertoire was going to be like rabbit in distress or something. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and back off the rabbit in distress right now because I don't know where this bobcat went. And I don't want to explain to people I got mugged by a bobcat last night. Uh, so yeah. And I don't know where he went, but it was really sweet video to watch him. It'd be really sweet. I wonder if we're going to have, I wonder if we're going to have a, a, a hunting season, a limited, maybe quota hunt hunting season and like quota. So the I know like Minnesota has a quota bear hunt in some regions to where they say, okay, in this zone, we will allow 15 bears to be killed. So we will sell tags to hunters, like a limited amount of tags until 15 bears are killed. And that's just arbitrary numbers. But I, I wonder if that's something that like we need, that, to, we need if, to get a biologist on to talk about that because I think uh, it's a great question. I know back in the day they were very, I don't know, endangered isn't the right word, threatened species or protected or whatever. I think they've been, like, ex- what is it, extinct, extirpated in the state of Ohio for for a lot of years. They are back now and, and making an impact on other wildlife populations. I mean, you don't want to wipe them out. Like, it's, it's in the, and, and we've had Mark and Tonk on, like, they have, they talk about how, you know, is, is, is state agency biologists and biologists in general, you have to manage for all wildlife. You can't just pick one species. It's an ecosystem, right? And I get that. I understand that. But at what point is there like too, too many damn bobcats? How do you coyotes? decide, right? And yeah, um, I mean, a lot of the surrounding states have seasons for them. Uh, I think K- Kentucky and Missouri do, do. I mean, obviously Missouri's not right next door, but um, and where I'm at, where I'm seeing them all, I I know a guy who lives within a half mile of there that raises turkeys, pigs, chickens, all that kind of fun homestead life stuff. Uh, he's had numerous, numerous encounters of those things getting in there and swiping turkeys off him and swiping chickens, mm. taking down his livestock. So uh, that's where I think the, the balance of letting Mother Nature do her thing and then civilization and f- I don't know, man, that's a that's a tricky, trippy, tricky topic there. I'm too dumb for that stuff. We're going to stay away from that. Yes, but we'll talk about Midwest Gunworks, let me get that. Ohio Outdoors 5, save you 5%. Well, we got way off the top right yeah. there. MidwestGunworks.com, Ohio Outdoors 5, save yourself 5%. Thank you also to our dear friends at First Light, FirstLight.com. They got, uh, they got a sale coming on, something right now going on. Man, I'll tell you what, you got that tray system. I haven't got that yet. I, I, I'm i probably not going to get it uh, for turkey season, but, um, man, I'll tell you what, I've been real happy with with the, the gear that I've that I've had this year. So. Yeah, if we go, I might bring that with us this week. If we go, when we go up, uh, do a little turkey hunting, we'll see if it's warm, yeah, warm old, enough. But old eight months got himself a uh, shout out to, hunt to Johnny Schwartz. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah, thank you, Johnny. Yeah, man. But we'll see. Um, we're, we're, we're not gonna talk about that because I don't want to jump the gun on anything. Let's let's see how that goes, and then we'll go from there. Hit him. We'll just we'll hit him with the the Harry Potter magic wand <laughs> slash turkey striker 
Ilias Gobbler, yes. <laughs> I got two more states. I'm hunt, I'm leaving. I'm, I got a New York hunt and a PA hunt uh, going down. I am I'm chomping at the bed. Kill something, man. Well, you call, I mean, I've been turkey hunting. You need to call it Mitch over there in no. PA. I think he took down two birds over there. Yeah, Mitch is a killer, man. Freak proudy of Mitch. The man. So Andy I, put a I roof texted on him house. the other day. I was like, is this turkey killer Mitchell shirt? <laughs> He's like, oh, my God. That was cool, man. Oh, yes. So, you know, I hear, I mean, we've talked about it. I mean, the the the, the harvest numbers seem good. I mean, there's a lot of, um, I think for, for, for turkey hunters in the state of Ohio, I think there's a lot to be optimistic about going forward. So, All right, we'll get to those um, in a second. I just got the updated ones today. Look at you. All right, so quick news from around the state. When did we do this last? All right, let's start. I don't even know. I'm going to read. I'm going to do it like I did last week because I got a few here. Um, Pimatuni State Park inducted into Old Growth Forest Network. ODNR. What is that? OhioDNR.gov for more information. Uh, there's been a hatch of the spotted lanternfly observed in Cincinnati. This is not on ODNR's website. I mean, it might be, but this is. I got it from Ohio State um, Buckeye Yard and Garden. But. Uh, this is one of those bugs that you guys got to keep an eye out for. It's similar to the emerald ash borer, and if you do anything with trees, you know that how much of a pain in the butt that was. So look up spotted lanternfly, and they're pretty and devastating at the same time. So need to make sure we try to keep them at bay. Uh, anchors away at Mosquito Lake State Park. They're building a new marina. Um... 100 acres of ODNR woodlands join... Oh, wait. The Ohio Old Growth Forest. I already got that one. Done. And real quick... Oh, shoot. Let's talk about... Did you black out on me? No, I'm here. Okay. Archery Hike. Archeryhike.com. Our buddy Justin putting this on again this year. 3D shoot down in the Hocking Hills, July 7th and 9th. Uh, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday... From 10 to 6, Friday, Saturdays 8 to 5, Sundays 8 to 4, 25 3D targets through the hills. It's like a legit hike. It's a lot of fun. Um, Justin puts on a great thing. There was raffles and drawings and stuff like that. So um, if you're interested, archeryhike.com. And he's got all the information you can register on there. Um, And then, Paul, do you have the information about that BHA event? Uh, yes, Muster in the Marsh uh, is going to be, hold on, um, it's going to be July 21st through the 23rd. I'm looking for my email. I should have had this pulled up. I looked at it this morning. I'm like, uh, okay. All right, here we go. Muster in the Marsh 2023 uh, and Conservation Dinner. The tickets are live. So you can go to um, backcountry hunters.org backcountryhunters.org uh click on muster tickets you'll be able to 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 get in there so you do have to you have to sign up for it but friday night there's a muster conservation dinner hosted by um the folks there at bha uh there's a really cool uh restaurant out of the cleveland area that's going to come in it's a wild game dinner that's going to be really neat so sign up for that um You've got the, uh, so there's camping, education, exciting activities for the family. It's going to be a pretty cool family event, raffles, auctions, live music, storytelling, 
We're going to do a podcast with Ryan Cal Callahan from from Meat Eater. Uh, Cal is a, a really uh, instrumental figure there in, in, in BHA and, and, and everything that they do. So really cool event uh, going on there. Um, so, yeah, click on your tickets. It's the um, yeah, it's 21st through the 23rd uh, in Conant. How do you say that? Conant? Uh, we're going with Conant. C-O-N-N-E-A-U-T. I promise uh, I will learn to pronounce that uh, by July 21st. So starts at 5 p.m. Real cool. Good old weekend of uh, of fun. So check that out. Backcountryhunters.org. I just pictured us stopping at a gas station. You pull in and just be like, can you explain to me how to pronounce the town I'm in when we get there? That'd be great. You know, I was in Lebanon, Ohio one time, and I, I said that at a gas station. And the guy's like, it's not Lebanon, it's Lebanon. And I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure it's it's Lebanon. He's like, do you live here? I'm like, uh, no. He's like, it's, it's Lebanon, sir. Like, <laughs> I don't. Le- I still don't know to this day if it's Lebanon or Lebanon. So, someone please fill me in. But yeah, man, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a big event. There's gonna be thousands of people there. Uh, we're gonna have a good old good old time, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So absolutely, get you some tickets. Yeah, Cleveland Field Kitchen. That who that is who uh, is providing the uh, dinner for the uh the wad game dinner that's going to be pretty pretty neat so they got some cool stuff going on and it's going to be a lot of fun all righty here we go the ohio's wild turkey season results through sunday may 7th so as of may 7th ohio wild turkey hunters have checked 12,755 birds uh let's see through this give that to me again 12,755 so nothing that second week. Real quiet. Um, you have I, to think. Dude, the weather last week was piss poor. It, it was, was awful. It was bad. I can't. Remember. And that kept a lot of people out of the woods for sure. Yeah. All right. So last year, hunters harvested nine thousand three hundred fifty-three turkeys over the same time period. Uh, so we're up what almost over three thousand from last year. Yeah. The three we've, are, eclip- we've almost we've almost equaled last year's harvest totals. I think we're over it. I, I don't have oh, that okay. number here. I thought it was like eleven something. Yeah. So if we're at twelve seven five five, over. But um, let's see. Three year average wild turkeys checked through this point in the season is eleven thousand seven hundred eighty four birds. So you're ha- ahead of the average. The three year average. Um, it's interesting. Hmm. I talked to Mark and he's like, yeah, those Polt numbers a couple years ago must have been accurate. So we've had those historic Polt hatches, man. I mean, they're, you're seeing it. So, well, and here's, before we get to the top 10 counties, uh, the, the division of wildlife has issued 48,231 spring Turkey permits. So I, I think you and I are talking about this, but how many permits are sold, um, and, you know, from an economic impact uh, of the hunting community, but so close to fifty thousand. That's pretty. That's not bad. Not bad. But yeah. now it's deer gets up to like close to three hundred. I think. Yeah, that's pretty wild. So, anyways, um, now you can also take multiple deer, so that might be a big part of it. Top ten counties, Paul. You ready? Lay it on me. Number ten, Jefferson. Nine, Guernsey. Eight Adams, seven Megs, six Coshocton, five Belmont, four is Mon- 
Monroe. The top three, man. We are within 12 heart, uh, checked turkeys in these three counties. So number three. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Ashtabula has now made an entrance into the top ten. Okay. Uh, Muskingum, Ashtabula, Tuscaroras. Yeah, you got two out two out of three ain't bad, isn't that what Meatloaf said? The uh, number three is Tuscaroras, three hundred fifty six birds. Number two is Gallia with three sixty five, and number one is Muskingum with three sixty eight. Mm. All right, so Galia, you got three birds to tie that, take that top spot. Four, four to take it, three to tie. Tuscaroras, you're not far away. Well, we're gonna are we gonna award a turkey a turkey champion belt to the first person that reaches out to us from that particular county? We should say we 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 offered a trophy for for Coshocton County. No one from Coshocton County, uh, no one reached out to us. State champs. State champs. <laughs> I mean, we're, we weren't really like being serious about it, but we should do that. First person to reach out to us from that is a resident and killed a turkey in Muskingum County. So you have you're to the champs at the end of the year. Prove your residency. And get, you, and get you something. That would be sweet, though, if we did that every every season. Be like the state champ, you know, and and, and get you know Tuscaroras shirts or whatever. Have a little outline of the county. That would be so. cool. Yeah, I like that. Did we just come up with a plan? Did we just come up with some cool months? We might have. Now we just had to follow through. <laughs> Heard it here first on the O2 podcast. So anyway, what else we got? We got anything? I'm going to admit one thing before we end the show. I'm not real happy about it, Andrew. I'm, I'm really upset about it. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to shooting my bow, man. I don't like that. I don't like that feeling. Uh, little man. Little man says to me that, hey, dad, when you're done with your project, can you uh, can we shoot the bow? I'm like, hell yes. Uh Dad's got working on this project outside. As soon as it's done, you can bet your ass we're going to be out there shooting that bow. But big yawn. What a day. What day. a kid. What a time to be alive, man. Time to be a father. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for this week. Oh, so this week's show, we've got the adjustable red dot site. If you haven't seen this, it's pretty sweet. Uh, it's a it's a bow site that you can. Uh, mount on to your bow and you're using a red dot and i think one of the coolest parts that was very mind-blowing the more i thought about it is you don't have a peep sight and you don't have a nose button or a kisser button or anything like that uh it was interesting it was yeah. very interesting so and these guys are based out of michigan we've got abby and tim they give us the rundown of the product and um kind of how it works and why it's beneficial and uh the ins and outs of it so she gives us their website. Oh man, I should have had this up. But it's a red adjustable red adjustable dot, red dot, dot com. com. Yeah. You can't hear this turkey call? No, man. I think Zoom's knocking it out. Paul's sitting here trying to play his pot call for us, but it's just not coming through. It's really hard because I'm like playing it like at a weird angle to get it right up. You can't hear that at all. That's crazy. Nothing. It's blocking it out. Zoom hates the sound of a hen turkey. Zoom hates you, Paul. Maybe we have to use uh, use the other program. That might have, that might have been the one that let it go through. The other last time we were on, when I heard you playing it, but yeah, that was streamer. So, yeah. all right, thanks yeah. for listening to the show. We really appreciate you guys. You can find us on Instagram, the dot o two dot podcast. You can find us on Go Wild o two podcast, the o two podcast dot com. Appreciate you guys yep. listening. Take care, everybody.
Okay, and tonight, uh, Paul and Andrew are here. We've got Abby and Tim from uh, the adjust, ad, ad, Adjustable Red Dot. Paul, it's starting already. Take take, take two. Take two. No, it's all right. We'll roll with it. So, uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Good. How are we're you? We're doing good. Good. Okay, so we were just talking. Uh, you guys have this Adjustable Red Dot site as, I don't know, is this a hobby, a part-time deal, but your real passion or interest is blueberries? Or is that all kind of together? Or I think it all mixes together. Which one do we? Which one do we? We I don't know if you say like more or or hate less, right? <laughs> so, but is less. now now is blueberry season? I told you we we're going to talk about this because I'm just fascinated. But well, right now we're just doing a lot more cultural stuff. You know, a little bit, you know some fertilizer, herbicide stuff. You know, fungicide things. And as we we don't really start harvesting till from middle of July till end of August. Right, but the seeds or the the fruit set is important at this time of the year, right? So, um, where where are you guys located? The west side of Michigan, right, um, southwest Michigan, right along uh, along the lake. Okay, so one of the things in blueberry world I know is that the pH has to be really low, right? So, do you guys have good acidic soil out there? Yeah, for the most part, you know, we we want that four point five to five. I mean, cra- crazy low, sandy loam. That's great, man. You no, know, so we struggle with uh, very low organic matter. Okay. But it's kind of finding that balance. So one of the problems in central Ohio is that our pHs, it's not uncommon to find an eight. <laughs> and so anybody <laughs> yeah. who wants to try to grow, you know, whether it's blueberries or rhododendrons, azaleas, anything, you know, acid loving doesn't happen. Uh, not yeah. with a lot of uh, intervention. And most of the time it's like, pissing in the ocean be honest with you because of the limestone yeah. that we sit on whatever all right we're dive, we're off that paul we can go on to, <laughs> yeah. we can go on to hunting now sorry so no it's all good man i i like plants i, I killed every blueberry <laughs> i i actually just ran over a blueberry plant with my mower the other day i'm just like you know what? you've been here for three years i'm gonna put you out of your misery they don't four blueberries they don't do no anything more. they just sit there yeah just like you said you're even get close to that anything above five five it's just yellow and it sits there. It won't even grow. Yeah. Learn something every day. That's the problem. Horticultural fact of the day. So, so ARD, give us a give us a rundown of what uh, adjustable red dot is. Well, basically, we take a red dot and we make the mount to put it on a bow. And you know, it's nothing new to to us other than the adjustable mount is new. But we've been shooting a red dot for 30 years on our boats. Well, I have. Abby hasn't. She's not old enough. But um, uh, it, it a red dot on a on a longbow compound bow or on a compound. Okay. Yeah. Since probably you know late 80s, 1990, right in there. That's when we started shooting the red dot on a bow. So, now, what so, was what what drove you to do that? Well, we did it. You know, it was. Claude Pollington started it. You know, he, he used to, um, he owned Oneida bows. And so he's a, you know, big figure in Michigan, but he was one of the first to, to put the the red dot on the bow and make it work really well. It's just that the mount he had was a fixed mount. So if you sighted it at 20 yards, that's what you got. If you want to shoot further, you'd have to the gap shoot a little bit. And so to make the mount adjustable, so your anchor point never changed was a big thing. So that's that's kind of the <laughs> that's how the whole thing revolves around. Yeah. How do you put a red dot on it and 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 really make it work? What's the what's the quote, Andrew? Is it is it necessity breeds innovation? 
or is it Compli- innovation Compli- breeds necessity? Which help me out here. Sure, it is tonight. So um, yeah, there you go. I, I I'm so I'm looking at it, and so for 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 people, I don't I don't do a lot of bow hunting. I dabble. So I'm on your website. Learn how it works. Consistent anchor point. No peep. All things that I struggle with. I've got one of those <laughs> nose buttons. Yeah, and the poke your the tip of your nose. Um, the peep site, I'm constantly like moving that thing with my nose. If it, if it twists around or, or fiddling with that. So that's, that's really interesting. So the, the, the no peep and and the consistent anchor point. So the, so the red dot is just, it just doesn't move, right? It's just in the, in the site and you've got to have your head in the right position to see the red dot. Is that the consistent anchor point or. Yeah. Yeah. Because how a red dot works is it's not like a scope where there's a reticle sitting in the middle of that tube. It's a reflection off the piece of glass. So as soon as you change the angle of the, how you're looking at the tube, because either you're, you're either turning this, you know, the tube itself, or you're moving your head. Now you can't see the dot. So that's why we don't need the peep because the only way to see the dot is look straight at it. As soon as our form gets funky, it either is way off or we just don't see it. So in a sense, I mean, it's, you you talk about form, I think on the website I was reading about it as well. This forces you to have a great shot, right? There's none of this kind of Hail Mary, anything like that. You have to be in the perfect spot every time and it should generally give you a more consistent result, right? For the most part, I mean, obviously it's archery. There's still things we can mess up, you know. Um, but once you have that muscle memory where we're we're doing things exactly the same, the dot will just be there all the time. Um, you know, we have to just there's a couple of techniques as far as finding the dot, how we do it, you know. And one of the one thing is we're not moving our head around to find the dot. We're always we can't torque the bow, so that you know that's key. If, if you're twisting their riser at all, you're going to change the angle of this tube. And then that's when you're not going to see the dot. Um, what happens when you get buck fever and you start shaking violently like some of us do? <laughs> Ask, asking for a friend. I guess you got to fix that. Yeah. But, but you know, it, uh, it really, once you start to, to, to shoot it, it's totally different from shooting a peep and a pin because we're not looking through the string anymore. You know, we're not trying to get our eye behind the string, tilt our head, touch our string to our nose, all those little things that you, you maybe you have a, how you do things, you know, um, you know, string to our, the tip of our nose or the fletch in the corner of your mouth. All, we don't really care about those things. We, we don't even try to do it. We just focus on the target and, and let that dot come into your vision. If anyone was doing any instructing with a pistol, it would be the exact same way. That's how you do it on a boat. My mind. Faster target. Oh, my go mind, ahead, Andrew. My mind's blown right now. Just this idea. Like, it's that constant, like Paul was saying, you got to get your nose, got to get your eye. To not have to do that anymore would be interesting. I, I mean, I'm sold with that. Like, you just pull it up and fly the red dot. I mean, that sounds well, probably the, so. the biggest thing are the guys who are, you know, buying in our, you know, your guys probably from 45 on up where you need reading glasses and you can't see, you know, things up close anymore because the red dot looks like it's on the target. That's where our eyes focus. So it's always clear. You know, we're not trying to focus on something at arm's length and 
at a target that's 20, 30 yards away. We just focus on a target. You know, I just bought my first pair of reading glasses a couple weeks ago, Tim, and I'm only 40. <laughs> so I think that uh, 45, I'm really going to be in trouble. <laughs> Uh, faster target acquisition. Talk, talk about that. I mean, that, I would imagine that takes away some of the target panic that, that a lot of bow hunters deal with because you're trying to, you know, get that peep lined up and you're, you're looking at the target with the other eye. And I mean, if you're just, you've really simple, it sounds like you've simplified the process of, of target acquisition. Yeah. It's just, the key is focusing on the target and you're not really even thinking about you know, the dot, you're not looking through a, a tube or anything. You're just leaving both eyes open and just look at the target. And, and once you do that, when you draw back, because we're already offsetting the, the sight to the, if you're a right-hander, it would be to the left of the string. So, you know, the dot just comes into our vision and we, we don't have those things in the back of our mind. Well, I've got to do this and center this and make sure my peeps clear, you know, you know, you know, it, I guess centered up with our housing or all those little things. We're just not thinking about that anymore. It's just center the dot. So when it comes to sighting this thing in, can you talk us through that process? And I guess, cause essentially you have a single pin, but you know, it's, you've, you've got it adjustable so you can get to different ranges, but I don't yeah. know. Can you just walk through a little bit of that, how that you guys go about that? So yeah, so this is going to be your up and down because this changes like the angle here. I don't know if you can see that good. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And then your left and right is going to be the windage, which is just kind of like on a gun. Instead of up and down, it's now your left and right because you turn the sight 90 degrees because otherwise you'd have all these um knobs hitting the riser. Okay. So I'll let you go more. I think that's kind of the basics yeah, there. The, the, the sighting in stuff, we're actually, we're not ever touching the turrets on the site. We're just changing. If we're if we were shooting high, we're going to move the front of the site up. We're changing the, the you know, the angle of the site. Um, you know, that's for our elevation. And the way a red dot works inside of the tube, the, like I said earlier, there is no reticle just sitting in there like in a scope. There's another tube inside of this tube. When you adjust this windage, you're changing the angle of that tube inside there. And... When you do that, the only way to get the to look through it centered again is to is to change the angle, and it's it's very slight. So, probably the best way to think of it is if you had a a pistol in your hand with a paper towel tube sitting on top of it, and you twisted your hand to the left. Well, you could go see straight through that tube again if we moved our head over, but we'd still be pointing left. The only way to get the tube straight again is to move your hand straight. And when, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but when that, when you're straight, you're not torquing the bow. Your arrow, you know, when we torque the bow, now our arrow starts to point the opposite direction, and that's what gives us our our funky left and right flights. So, do you set the the sight up for like twenty yards to start, and then from there? I mean, if you have a deer at thirty, yeah, we we would set it up. I don't know if you can see this. Um, yeah. You can so, see those little, oh, yeah. see see little tick marks there. So that maybe set the top in at 20. One click, maybe you'll get 25, 30, 35. Just kind of depends on weight of the arrow, speed of the bow. But if you're shooting like 70 pounds, 500 grain arrow, every click is about five yards. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's actually, that's, that's, that's a pretty quick, fast adjustment. So yeah. if, you're, if you're in a tree stand. 
Yeah, I know for most Midwest hunters, you're probably not touching the site much under 30 yards, you know, anyway, because, um, you know, you're probably going to sight it in at, yeah, 20 to 25, and maybe you got to give it one click at 20, at 30, um, but you're not messing with it very much. No, no sight tapes or anything like that. Um, I don't know if we've done, <laughs> hey, we, that's one thing. Um, we do have one on the website I could pull up and show you guys on the screen, but you could put one, we have it where you can tape it onto your bow. So we just want it a little bigger. So it's easier to see, not like really tiny right on there. Cause I think like it's hard to read. I know some guys take like nail polish and they color their marks that are important to them. So yeah. that's we do make, we do make a little bigger tape and you tape it to your bow that says, okay, zero, 20 yards, one, 25. So it'd be one, I mean, wait, one click is 25. Two clicks is 30. So I don't know if you can hear it, but I'll try to make it noisy. But there's detents. There's four detents into this mount. So that's what gives us the clicks. That's what's holding the site up on the bracket. So is this something that you could take out west and shoot at distance? I mean, if you were going for an elk or something and you had yeah, 60, if you're 70. shooting that, you know, 500, 550 grain arrow. You're probably going to get in 70, 65, 70 pounds, you're going to get to 70 yards ish, you know, yeah. five yards one way or the other. Um, if you're shooting a lighter setup, you know, you're going to get a lot further. When we shoot tack, when we're shooting a light arrow, then maybe we'll sight in at 40 yards. So then we can get out to over 100. Hear that, Paul? When you go to shoot your elk uh, next time <laughs> at 130 yards? It was a, it was bedded. not an actual animal. over Over a pond? It was a, Yes, yeah. it was at a 3D shoot. I shot a bedded elk, <laughs> not yeah. a real elk. You're gonna make people think I'm shooting elk at 100 yards. It's not true. Oh, that was great. So, We're going yeah. to tack in June here in Michigan. Yeah, probably about fun. a month away. We've got. I got to practice. Uh, be... yeah. <laughs> yeah, you better. Yeah, I, I've yeah, never I done a tack. Do. <laughs> yeah, I've never done a tack event. Sounds uh, sounds like a good time. So, um, you know, one of the one of the things that you know, talking about getting my first reading you know, pair of reading glasses. You know, th- I mean, that's a real thing. You know, my, I've, I've had, I have terrible eyes, I have contacts, glasses, and I've noticed, you know, I, I, if I have a three pin, three pin sight and in low light, those dang pens, I mean, they just like blur together in some, in some conditions, you know, when I look through that peep site, I mean, I see three of them together, um, if they're, if they're you know, lit up real well. So I like that this is an option for, for people as they age that they, they still have, and you know, their eyes aren't as good as they used to be. There's still something that they can make you, uh, you know, an efficient, efficient killer in the woods and, and, an efficient, you know, an archery target competition. So that's really neat. That's a really neat, uh, aspect of this. Okay. So I'm going to ask some of the dumb questions because when I get up in the tree, I have a lot of things I worry about. You just go out and turn this thing on to start when you're out there, or is it something you wait for the, like the deer to come in and click it on? I'll turn it on either when I leave the truck or yeah, the whole time you're just leaving it on. And if you were leaving it on every, let's say three to four hours, every time you went out to hunt and shutting it off and you come back, it's going to last a couple of years, that battery. The important part is remembering to shut it off when you come back. Yeah. Just tape an extra battery for that one time that happens. (laughs) Yeah. We usually (laughs) tape a battery to our riser. So we always have a spare, but yeah, it even if you did that, you'd have to like not come back and hunt for several weeks. Mm-hmm. If you left it on, came back the next day, and it it would never just go all of a sudden. Oh, it's dead like a, you know, some 
D-cell batteries <laughs> or something, you know. What kind of battery does it take? It's a 2032, just like you'd use in a key fob. Okay. So it, it's only powering a tiny, tiny LED light. So it really la- they last a long time. Okay. If is this this count? I'm sure as as an electronic device. So is it Pope and Young that doesn't let you use electronic sites and stuff? Is that? Yeah, you have to put your buck in Boone and Crockett. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> is there any is there any other legality things along these lines? I mean, I, I'm just asking. Well, you've got question. Western states that you know there's about five or six of them that don't allow any electronics on a bow. Okay. Um, which is a whole nother discussion <laughs> that we can have. But uh, other than that, there isn't any other states. Most of the states classified as um, as long as it doesn't project a beam and it's not magnified. Makes sense. So, and so that's our I was looking at from the purchasing side of things, you guys are doing the mounts, right? That's kind of your thing, but you've got different brands of the red dot available and the different packages. Do you want to cover a little bit of that? Yeah, so we use Ultra Dots. Ultra Dot, you, Citron makes one. It's a little bit short, but there's there theirs works also. You know, we like this longer tube style red dot. That's what we've always used. They, it's super durable. Helps you center up. You know, much quicker. Um, but if you have a red dot, you know, then we make a like a like this a Picatinny rail. Mm. As long as it doesn't sit up too high, um, and it doesn't like the on off stuff has. To, it really has to be on the side away from the riser or else it gets kind of weird to uh, to turn it on, turn it off. But uh, kind of in the process of, you know, getting our own red dot so we don't have to rely on, you know, another company. But Ultra Dot's a competition pistol site, so they really work well. Um, you, can, you can drop these things, beat them up, and they just don't fail. Now this will fit on any any bow, right? Yep. We what we do is depends on the thickness of the riser. We change the length of the ring because we always want the string uh, come right about here on the edge of the glass. So if you have a Matthews big thick riser, then we use a longer ring, and then we make a uh, this little bracket like this. this is our Hoyt bracket. Um, with a Hoyt, we have to clear that the bridge on the back of the riser. So we need to move the, the mounting holes on the riser back a little bit. So that's what that's for. But yeah, there's pretty much no bows that we can't stick it on. On your website, you guys have a very nice breakdown of, you know, find your, your bow making model. And then it tells you which one that you, uh, you want to go with. Right. Yeah. Most of the stuff's on there, you know, um, Every now and then there's some we don't, but we, we call everybody that orders and want to know what bow they have. You have any questions? Um, did you really order the right, the right rings for your bow? Um, sometimes somebody has just a shooting style where they're, they've been shooting a, a peep and pin for 30 years. So they're used to that really, really tight anchor point. So if that's the case, then we'll, sh- and if they want, we'll shorten the ring up a little bit and put the red dot closer to the string you know, and then they can sort of mimic that um, that anchor they had before because it isn't going to be exactly the same, but, you know, you can get it pretty close. And how difficult is the installation? Probably it's not pretty, pretty easy we for you. I, made, I have the installation video there on YouTube, and all of them are under five minutes. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty easy. Just put it, it 
it's pretty simple. We, we've got come up with some really good things for um, it's basically bolting it on four screws, but um, just how to how to initially get started and make sure um, that you're not needing a shim or uh, your your bow is set up properly. Um, that we don't have some issue somewhere else, but you know, anybody can do it. And and if they don't want to do it, um, you can send us the bow and we'll do it for you for fifty bucks. And, and that includes shipping your bow back. So we'll mount it up, sight it in, and send it back. There you go. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. That'll take that'll make my life easier because I'm that's usually I have to do everything twice. It never just goes on the first time, right? It has to be done. Yeah, multiple that's times. kinda but I mean we've walked a lot of people through on um whether you, you know, gotta send videos and show people how yeah, to do it. Yeah, send them a Face video, just somewhere. FaceTime them and um so it's not bad. Good. No, it's pretty cool. It's a neat. It's a neat system. Yeah, I'm. I'm very, very intrigued. I think it's. I think there's a ton of people that could benefit with with something like that. It, it seems very um, user friendly. So how how long does it take? To, I mean, people to adjust to it. I mean, is it one of those things you pick it up the first time? You're you're just you're sold. It depends. Is that on easy? Person. Okay. The better the better form guys have, the easier it is. Yeah. Because I think that's the. We're and screwed, Paul. We're screwed. If a, if a guy was having issues prior to and he was shooting a peep and a pin and he had some form stuff, he's still going to have some form issues, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so that's probably the, you know, the biggest struggle. But I think with changing ring sizes and and we've got a little video out that kind of that shows a couple things. Um, oh yeah. Like our four, like, yeah. Our four things where our, our string has to be in our rest string along the side of the site. And, and that helps kind of clarify that you, you know, did it right, that you did everything right. And because if you, if you did it all right, and now you draw back and you go, I can't see the dot. Then we know it's, yeah, form. it's a form issue. So I didn't get, I didn't back and forth with lots of archery shops for them oh, to go on about you know, talking about forms. I didn't make it to that video. I was, I, Abby, were you the one that shot the Kansas buck? That was the my one sister I, did. I videoed it. No. That was, I was, I got real excited. Paul's over here geeking over, over turkeys this time of the year. And I'm sitting there watching oh, yeah. the Kansas buck getting all excited. So I need to, I'm trying to get a turkey with my bow this year and um, it's a lot harder than <laughs> realizing it to be. We had them come in the other day, just, well, First, we weren't paying attention quite right. And one guy to jump on us. So then the next day, the, I think it was probably the same one. He came right back in and Abby shanked it. Yeah, I got oh, nervous. It was in the hole in the ground. I was like, not, it was not ideal. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun to shoot. It's even harder with uh, with archer equipment in your hands. That's for sure. So, Yeah, it would have been a cakewalk with a gun. Yeah, there you go. Well, well, good is, deal. So, where uh, where can people find you and your company on social media uh, uh, and on the internet? Yeah, so yeah. our website's adjustablered.com. All of our um, social media handles on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok are adjustablered.com. So you can find us there. Um, yeah, you can always shoot us an email, adjustablered.com, at gmail.com, or if you go on our website, our numbers on there. You always can call us. Yeah, yeah very very good. Well, thank you so much for your time. This is a really neat product. I hope people take a look at it. This thing's super cool. Absolutely. Um, yes, yeah, so Tim, Abby, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate, Appreciate you, bro. Yep. Yeah. See you.